Welcome to another Hitting the High Notes. Uh, Jared is not joining me today. My name is Hootran. I am up here visiting a good friend of mine, uh, KSL producer, jazz fan, Matthew L. Glade. How you doing, Matthew L.? Ahoy, hoy. Podcasting uh, world. Yeah, you're making your uh, Hitting the High Notes debut here. Uh, we're watching game five together. We actually don't usually watch games together. It's been a while since we watched yeah. the game together. We used uh, to watch all the games together. Yeah. Part of the reason why is because have you ever seen that, that was movie? basically our college life? Right, it was me coming over to your apartment <laughs> every jazz uh, game night. And Matthew, I can and tell you, I, I used to be a very passionate jazz fan. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, not so much anymore. He has very strong opinions about Carlos Arroyo. Oh, uh, I will. He will do something. It's not, it's not podcasting. We can't say it. <laughs> well, you got to subscribe. I mean, you've you got to donate to Patreon in order to get it's, it's, it's what you podcast. would actually do to uh, Carlos Arroyo <laughs> to find out. Um, I've, I've mellowed out a lot in my, in my older years here. Uh, I feel lucky because today I actually have someone producing my podcast for me so I can just focus on doing the speaking thing. Uh, I'm, we're going to give him a mic so he, he won't talk very often. But we'll get, we're going to let him say hi. I'm pretty sure most people would prefer it that way anyways. <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> uh, my other friend, Matt, Easy Mart, is uh, on producing duties today. Here's the thing about who is um, he has a hard time remembering people's names. So he's just befriended everybody he can find named Matt. Yes. So my name's actually confused. not even Matt. He just calls <laughs> me that. It's It'd be <laughs> nice if you guys would just marry people named Matt. That would help me out a lot, too. Yeah, or a Maddie, because, uh, I mean, then you can just... Or you could just call us by our spouse's name and then call us that Matt. So, like, I would yeah. be the Nikki Matt. I'd be the Alexium. <laughs> the Alexium. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. We are, we are two minutes in and we haven't talked about the jazz and people are tuning out. So No, no, no. Uh, See, this humanizes us. <laughs> we are That's human. What this does. We are human. Uh, so, game five. What is happening in the game right now, Matthew L? Well, uh, so far it's been shades of game one and two, but at least the Jazz are fighting back. The Jazz, I mean, it's tied up. The Rockets came out pretty strong again, like they did, but the was Jazz an run, not wilted. Run? That was the thing about games one and two, is after the first four minutes, you knew they were done. You well, knew game, they were done. Well, game one, they came out, like, they came out and punched the Rockets in the face. Mm. Uh, game two was, game two was, so yeah. I, I, I did a small Twitter poll. It was a small because not many people voted, but a Twitter poll of a what loss hurt more what loss do you think hurt more, game two or game three? Ooh. <coughs> I ask great questions on Twitter, by the way, folks. That is a good question. Um, I mean, you got to – that's tough. Right? Because they were they – were, They were two really bad <laughs> I losses. I really thought about which one hurt more <laughs> to a Jazz fan. Because um, yeah, game one, nobody really voted for. It was probably game two because after game two – I mean, it just looked hopeless. Like you weren't, you weren't excited that they were coming back. No, to Utah. Like uh, so. So if you switch the scenarios, let's say you take the result of Game Three, the way it ended, and you put that in Game Two, then I, I mean, no, but it, it doesn't hurt at all because then you're excited. You're like, okay, we almost got Game Two in Houston. Right. We can probably get Game Three. Yeah. But that wasn't the case. And then Game um, Three hurt because it, you know, like even though we got closer. Mm-hmm. We had lost and we well, were down 3-0. <laughs> I mean, it was best case scenario. You have Harden right. going over for most of the game, and it's just something that you never get. Jazz just got to lead, folks. 23-22. Like, I don't know why. This like, is what's been impressive once, so far. Once you're listening, game. you've already seen what happened in the game. But I just want to tell you, mm-hmm. we're excited because the Jazz are up by one point. Yes. Well, I'm I'm excited to see Joe Ingles hit a three. I I thought that he had stopped doing that. 
There's some clause in his contract that says when he gets to the playoffs, <laughs> he doesn't have to hit threes anymore or something. I don't know. Well, this, hey, this, hey, we have to give credit where credit's due. The Rockets' defense has really thrown a lot of guys out of rhythm this uh, series. Um, ironically, two guys, maybe three guys that would have helped, and I mentioned this before, that would have helped the Jazz in the series, Rodney Hood, Alec Burks, and Dante Exum. <laughs> Because those guys can slash. They don't need to yeah. be spotted. All the, the rest of the Jazz team, yeah. like we talk about how ineffective Joe Ingles has been, but Kyle Korver has also been just as ineffective. Yeah, he's, he's been but he, yeah. he, he's been used a lot Null less. and void this entire so, series. Except for his Game 3 quote. That was amazing. So Yes, that was. Um, anyway, you had a point to make about the Utah Jazz. I can't remember if we... Oh, I don't know where easy, I was what going was he with that point. You were listening, right? I mean, I was listening, but... <laughs> Do you think I speak Easy, NBA? Do you, do you, no, do you, and it's and it's tough for the Jazz because they just don't. It's because, like you were saying, with the slasher guys, it's their offense isn't built to face teams that switch every time. Oh, Jay Crowder and James Harden are <laughs> mixing it up, like as they say. Like um, if Jay Crowder and James Harden both got kicked out of the game, I think Jazz fans would consider that a win. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> like actually, I, they would build Jay Crowder a statue for getting James Harden kicked out of a game. <laughs> Um, uh, so how's, how, how has this playoff series? Cause I don't know if I, I, I consider myself a jazz fan, but I'm more of I the Ingles with another three. He's jingling. <laughs> He's jingling Joe jazz. I, I tweeted this out last game cause Joe was having a very bad game four, like the rest of the series. And I said, guys, remember we like Joe Ingles. Mm-hmm. There has been a lot of talk about not Joe Ingles slander, but. Like, there's just been a lot of Joe Ingles. Lost confidence. Yes. And it's like, we'll it's say. like he's still the same player that he has been all season. He's just playing, like many of the Jazz players, he's playing against a defense that is really making it hard for them to score. Yes. It's a bad matchup. Like, I've said that from the beginning. Somebody asked Tony um, uh, Jones um, uh, the other day, like, I'm a. Uh, do you think Royce Ingle, uh, Royce Ingles, <laughs> uh, Royce O'Neill should be replacing I would Ingles. like that hybrid player. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Oh man, <laughs> it's, it's like for years when we wanted to combine Favors and Endless Cantor into mm-hmm. one player. And I remember back in the day when we wanted to uh, combine Ronnie Brewer and Kyle Korver. The Paul, Jazz always seem to have like all oh, the parts right. you want, just in different players. <laughs> Paul Millsap and Al Jefferson, <laughs> or Paul Millsap and Carl Carl's Boozer. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. There you go. Um, um, so, so as I, as I said, I'm a Jazz fan that's kind of on the outside looking in. Like I, I don't ever get really too high or too low with this team. Uh, I've been. I, I think after like oh seven oh eight, I was hurt too too badly. It's like when you're. It's like when you had a girlfriend that's just hurt you so many years in a row that you just you you're dead inside. That's I'm the dead inside jazz fan. I can relate with that actually. That <laughs> uh, she was simultaneously dating all of us and we all got hurt. <laughs> we were all too dumb and also in love with her that we couldn't like talk any sense to each other. <laughs> uh, but Matthew L. So so for me that going down three zero. Uh, ironically, maybe not ironically, but coincidentally, uh, a couple of weeks like a couple of weeks before the season even ended, I had talked to Dan Clayton about this very matchup before the the, the seedings were even mm-hmm. set, and I asked Dan, I was like, "Hey, what happens if the Jazz lose in the first round? Is this a disappointing season? And what do you think?" What? No, I don't think it's a disappointing season. Uh, I mean, it's disappointing because, yeah, they don't win a playoff series. But if you take the whole season and you boil it down to one series against a bad matchup against arguably the second or third best team in the league because the standings didn't 
go your way. I mean, it's it's really short sighted if that's the way you look at it. Uh, I mean, look at it as a whole. Look at the strides that Rudy made offensively. Exactly. Exactly. Look at the way that. Derek Favors has adapted his game more to the system. He does it every year. And look at the way that Donovan rebounded from a bad first half of the season. There was a pause there because we, Joe Ingles just Joe Ingles was shooting threw, up and, threw up an air ball. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so but, yeah, so these are the same points I've, I've made. And this funny thing is that we actually haven't talked about this, and I'm sure you haven't listened to my first couple pods. So these points have been made. That like, And even not just this year's progress – Look at the what's happened the last three years. Mm-hmm. The Jazz over quote unquote overachieved as five seeds and made it to the second round the last couple years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because if you look, what team do you feel better about? You know, and there might be some bias, but the Thunder or the Jazz? Uh, well, <laughs> after last night, you definitely feel better about the Jazz, right? And but even though the Thunder have two Plus, quote unquote perennial, superstars, uh, yeah, two perennial yeah. all stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, mean, I think that gets lost a little bit is that there's more ways to build a team but then besides them uh, uh, picking up all the uh, picking up just superstars yes. uh, the Jazz are building in a different way which I think will be mm-hmm. important this offseason real quick thank you for listening if you're enjoying what you hear please subscribe to the podcast and uh, give us a five star review if you can it really helps us out thanks and now back to the rest of the show. Yeah, so uh, again, I don't, I don't want to get too far into off-season talk because conceivably the Jazz uh, could get to a game six by the time you're hearing this. Um, but uh, the Jazz, there's a lot of talk about the Jazz not being able to get a... Okay, I'm going to ask you, Matt. Matthew L. There's too many Matts here. <laughs> Matthew L., who do you think uh, the Jazz will get? If you had to, you know... Bet I'm um, a uh, Easy Mart's firstborn on the line. <laughs> Who would you wager the Jazz will? Well, get I mean, if it's agency? not my firstborn, yeah, go for I it. I can be like really bold yeah. in my prediction. That's, that's why you. That's why I put his firstborn on the, yes. on the line. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's how you I know you're my friend. <laughs> you gotta say it to the mic. Man. Yeah, say it into the mic. <laughs> Step up close. Yeah. <laughs> Who do I think they're they will get? I. You're betting my firstborn? Your firstborn. Michael Jordan. I don't know. I. Well, they need shooting. I mean, more than anything, they need shooting and scoring. That's that's the two biggest things that they need. Um, in a perfect world, it would be Tobias Harris. Right. But does he get away from Philly? I don't think so, because I think they're, that he's going to be their priority. Oh, I think Jimmy well, Butler's going to get away from but him. Let's but say, let's, think... say, let's say Tobias Harris. Let's say, because I've talked about this before, how I believe DL, Dennis Lindsay, is capable of getting an audience with Tobias. Yes. Uh, the the thing is that the the past th- like there was a lot of talk that if the Jazz get swept or they look awful in the series, if they get knocked out of the first round even, that free agents are not going to want to come to Utah because of that. And I want to live in a world where I want to say agents and players are smarter than that mm-hmm. and not going, "Oh, well these guys got knocked out in the first round, no way are we going to go there." No. Because they saw not only did they see what happened the last three, four, five years, but they see that Dennis Lindsay has made good moves to keep the powder dry, so to say. They have mm-hmm. developed young players to get to where they are. Donovan Mitchell is still on a very 
friendly contract that they can still pay other players. They're not cash strapped like the Oklahoma City Thunder. And, uh, and you know, maybe Quinn Snyder, another discussion we're, we're going to have to have on another podcast, who may not be a quote-unquote top five coach, is still one of the better coaches in the league. And then, of course, you have Donovan and Rudy, who are two very good ambassadors for the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. And it's a good situation. So, and, and that's what I'm trying to... And plus, it's a stable franchise. I mean, yeah. when you consider all the things that have happened... This season, especially all the strange stuff. I mean, just look at the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers are considered one of the faces of the NBA, and their franchise is in complete disarray right now. It's a joke, and so are the Knicks. And I think that franchise stability is something that's not looked at enough um, when it comes to fans. I don't think they understand how much free agents actually do look at that. I mean, I mean, is there a reason? There's a reason that the Knicks haven't been able to get any meetings with free agents lately. There's a reason that LeBron. I mean, before LeBron, the Lakers couldn't get meetings with free agents. Last year, uh, hey Easy Mart, producer Easy Mart. Yeah, you know who LeBron James is, right? Uh, he's uh, uh, the guy who did the thing with the school thing, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. He's from that LeBron viral James video, is, and I know he didn't make the playoffs. LeBron James. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I mean, but let's look. Let's look at last last off season. It was supposed to be LeBron and Paul George. Paul George said no. That, that's you know cool. Mm-hmm. All right. And then this year it's supposed to be well LeBron and whoever else the the Lakers trade for, and the Lakers couldn't make a trade because make a trade they wouldn't give up any of their assets, and their assets devalued along the way. Yep. And, then, and then they upset their locker room. Yeah. And because all of them were on the trading block. It's, um, uh, it's supposed to be LeBron and Kawhi this year, mm-hmm. or LeBron and Davis the year after that. The problem is, is that, um, it, yeah, it, it, there really is some, there's a stigma there now. And uh, even though, and a lot of people are discount Utah because of location. And, you know, I will, sure. I will concede that point that location does play a part with the very best free agents, Kevin Durant, <laughs> uh, LeBron James, maybe Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. But for there's, there's the thing there. If you only doesn't have at, the nightlife as the Warriors. <laughs> if you only look at the 30 NBA teams as markets, like even the Clippers aren't considered big market, even though they're in the same city as the Lakers, mm-hmm. they don't get talked in the same breath as the Lakers. If you talk about big markets, it's what New York and L.A. and where else? Chicago. Okay, Chicago. Oh, okay, but who, when was the last time Chicago had anybody that was super big too? That's uh, right. That's because yeah. like really, does anybody really want to go to Chicago and be like, all right, that's no, but it's considered the big yeah. market. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll concede that, and we'll, I'll concede Miami as a medium market that has a very uh, no property tax in Miami the, or yeah, Texas, that, and that has a very and that has a very. Or, very good um, uh, just city life. Mm-hmm. So let's say those are four. Like, that leaves 25-ish other teams that are fighting the same battle uh, a, a, as Utah. Like location is not super desirable. So that means you're on, you're on, you're on par with 90-ish percent of the league. Yeah, you're facing the same battle that Milwaukee's yeah. facing. Um, and, and, so, you don't wanna, and you don't normally think about that. Yeah, and somebody uh, went on my Twitter uh, a little while ago and said, well, I remember when the Jazz had two Hall of Famers and couldn't get um, uh, free agents to come to Utah. And I, was, and I didn't get a chance to respond, and the tweet's long gone now. But uh, that's, I mean, that was a whole different, you know, 90, 96, 95 was, 
you know, because stars were signing seven-year contracts, max contracts to stay with the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll look at the numbers, but I'm sure free agents weren't moving nearly as much as they were back then. Oh. So outside of the rare super max that sound nowadays, it's uh, signed out nowadays. It's usually two, three-year deals. Uh, here we are talking about the offseason. The Jazz are up by three points in the second quarter. So. We are. We are. We are. Uh, it's hard to speculate though on who the Jazz yeah. can or will get. I mean, if anything. Um, hypothetically, if it was, if this series was to end tonight, the great thing about this series is it has shown it's been a reality check for the Jazz. Yeah, uh, that I, I, you know what, chemistry is a good thing, but you do also need talent. Um, I think David Locke had said something about this um, uh, right around the trade deadline that chemistry is important, but on court synergy is different than chemistry. Chemistry is like you guys like each other outside of the locker room, and yeah, sure, you get coffees together. Yes, you have good t- chemistry, but on the court, you have to have the synergy. You have to know, you know, the ins and outs of your teammates. Like, oh, player A is going to be in this spot if I throw the ball here. And sure. I, that's what Ricky does do pretty well is that he is pretty good at spotting where his teammates are. His offensive woes have caused a lot of problems for the Jazz this year because. Basically, we have nobody to... Like, he gets left open a lot and can't drain the threes like he was last year. Um, and who knows? Ricky might be back. We'll see. He might be. Yeah. Um, I have a hard time imagining that the Jazz are going to pay him what his gonna, market will Because right. there, there is a market. For, like, if you don't think Ricky Rubio is going to have a market, then you haven't been watching the NBA long enough because, you know, what, 15 mm-hmm. to 20 teams are going to have money this year to spend? Maybe even more than that. So it's going to be it's gonna be a crazy wild free agency. But... Um, so take us on the ride for the Utah Jazz this year for you. Like, they they obviously started off really badly. They did. They had a lot of expectations coming into the season, and it happens when, especially when you win a playoff series against a team. Wow, <laughs> Rudy with a dunk on James Harden. Mm-hmm. Powers um, way in, but yeah, you know, they should bench uh, him for this entire series, as I mean, fans like to say. Try, try not to get to re- <sighs> yeah. Try not to get to revisionist history here. Revisionist. So here's. Here did was the did you think the I expectations think, were too I think, high? I think they bought into their hype a little bit too much. Okay. They're a young team. Everybody's saying, you know, the Jazz, the Jazz, they're the team. I mean, we could see them as the two or three seed in the West. That's how good they're going to be this year. Um, and I, th- you know, but the first half of the season, it was, just, it was just rough. Plus, let's not forget, they had one of the hardest schedules to start the season. I mean, they did. They they were on the road constantly, and like you know, before the new year, it it, it does make a difference. Um, sleeping not sleeping does. in your own bed, you know. Uh, having traveled to Houston to cover the series, like I did, it um, it does make a difference. Just traveling, yeah. Trust y- me, you feel off. His wife told me how hard it was <laughs> for her to not have you um, uh, uh, there in the house. So. Um, she hates Houston. She that's number one on her list. Yeah, Las Vegas is. is number two. She wants so. no part of it anymore. <laughs> but uh, guess they what? did a good job. This guess. is this is the encouraging thing to go back to is they were having problems. They righted the ship. They kept grinding, to use a cliche, and their schedule got a little easier. And they they won the games they were supposed to. I thought that was a detriment near the end of the year, playing all those easy games. It is. It yes, yes and no, yes and yeah. no, because it got them the wins. You know, they got to figure some stuff out. They got some confidence going, but 
you know, they weren't playing teams that were playing a good brand right. of basketball. And then they hit the Rockets in game one. And, mm-hmm. my and then God. they, pl- I mean, they got a chance to play Denver and Clippers to end the season, but Denver was tanking at that point, so they weren't right. playing well. And uh, they decided to sit all their guys against the Clippers and let Grayson go for 40. <laughs> ah, Grayson. So it was, it was a month before they played a playoff yeah. caliber team. And so, maybe that was. Maybe that was the reason Game 1 and Game 2 went the way they did. Because yeah, is they just weren't used to that. Uh, we are two minutes left into the second quarter. It is 41-37 Jazz. Uh, the first two scores were like 120-100 for uh, Rockets and Jazz. And so... Obviously, the strength of the team is their their defense, and um, when their offense struggles, and Quinn Snyder will talk about this all the time, it starts with the defense. That makes sense because, well, I don't know if it makes sense. I think it works in conjunction with like when their offense is rolling, that they're more willing to play defense because it does get demoralizing to miss five, six, seven shots in a row. But um, uh, and to give it all. Give yeah. it your all on the other end of the court right after right. that. Right. And so, I mean, it's hard. I mean there, there's a reason why some guys are, why James Harden is not as known as a non defender. He probably could play really good defense, but he does save a lot of his energy for the offensive floor, which is why he goes on to the easiest assignment on the floor. So, I mean, these guys, look, NBA players are the top 300 players in the world. So, a lot of them can play some semblance of defense if they're good. Uh, I think Donovan's going to have to start figuring out how to... I mean, Donovan kind of does that now. They don't put him on the best you know, offensive threat on the, on the floor. Uh, he came into the league supposed to, supposedly as a plus defender. Right. But the last couple of years, he's kind of shown... Man. Yeah, he, he's kind of shown that he's an average defender. And that's... If he's but average... He, I think a part of that is, too, is that he's not asked to be. Right, exactly. So... If he's average while continuing to be a good offensive player, that's it'll be fine. You know, yeah. well, well, he has to carry, he has to carry the entire offensive load for this team, and you can't ask a guy to give it, to carry the bulk of the offense and then be a plus defender as well. Especially when you're playing with a guy like Rudy Gobert and guys like Royce and Joe, who are pretty good defenders and even rookie to an extent. So, so you can get away with Donovan not giving plus effort yeah. on so, the defensive side. I, I'm really glad that you think the Jazz season, regardless of what happens in this series, in the playoffs, that it was a success because... Well, but that's the thing, is everybody bases success on what you do in the playoffs. And you just, you, you can't do that. Yeah. It's not it's, it's not a fun way to live. No, it's not. You're based on, on seven games? Come on. One team wins it every year, you know, and as long as... The thing is that if... So the worst team that I... Worst Jazz team that I cheered for... Uh, what year was it? It was the last year of Millsap and Jefferson. Um, that we when had, they played the Spurs. Yeah. Yes. Like when they when they, they got swept. The, when they got, yeah, exactly. When they got into the playoffs, when jazz, most Jazz fans didn't want them in the playoffs. No, because we lost our pick yes. because they got made the playoffs. Yeah. And so, um, and that, I, I mean, it was hard just because, like, even though I liked the players, I, you could tell that that team was on the downswing, that they really we're going to have to start rebuilding at some point and they didn't trade away Jefferson and Millsap to get something to help them for the future. No. And it, it, it it's a two, a double, a short sword because you don't want your franchise to say, yeah, you're right. We should throw away this year 
because you know too much pride. Right. Jazz just as an organization will never do that. And so, um, uh, but that was probably like the least, my least favorite. Even those Carlos Royos team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's close, but uh, it was that. Well, you that, still had Jerry Sloan, and they were still playing pretty hard. Yeah, and like um, it was just some, uh, you know, they were on the downswing. You knew they were going out, and we had. And we you had, also didn't have to worry about Paul Millsap trying to play the three yeah. on any of those teams. So, uh, so this team is this team with their upward trajectory is nice, and I like it. And this, and that's part of it. To talk a little bit about this matchup again is Houston and Utah are in two very different places as teams because Utah is still building. Utah still is on the up on the upswing, and a phrase you love to say: they're still playing with house money in these playoffs. Yeah. They're not expected to win. However, Houston, James Harden, there's something very different about him this year. He's very dialed in, right? Because he realizes realizes that the window's closing. I mean, how many more years does Chris Paul's knees have left? I mean, how much longer can they continue to have Those are 40 million the, this knees. many players with their salary cap situation? They know that their window is closing, and there is so much more urgency to the way they play and have played in this series, whereas the Jazz, they're it's not that they're not playing hard, but it's it's just very different. They're two different spots because um, they know they'll be back. They know they're on the upswing, and I mean, I mean, Houston will be back, but to win a championship, to beat the Warriors, they need to do it this year. Yeah. The Jazz Jazz have right now one max contract guy in Rudy. Donovan's still on a rookie contract, which means you have this huge window to add somebody else on a max contract and then re-sign Donovan on an extension. Um, the Jazz are trying to become the first – the Jazz are trying to become the first team to go from three down – and win a game in se- game seven series, and um, you know you know that old saying from that movie uh, Easy Mart. You got to know when to hold no, them and no, no, when no. to fold them. I, th- I thought you'd get this like we used to have synergy on this, but um, it's never I am hop- the greatest swordsman that ever lived. <laughs> uh, it's never- my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Goonies never say die. So, so what, what do you call underdogs who've never done it before? It's from the movie Little Giants. It just has to happen. One time. One time. One time. <laughs> one time. I use hey. these for acid indigestion. <laughs> <laughs> this one time, I was racing my brother down the hill, and he beat me every Every-tile. single time. But one time, I beat him. <laughs> uh, oh, good old time. Al Bundy. Yeah. Tie Davis. game. We're back tied back at 41. Oh, well, you know, but still, that's still pretty good. The Jazz should be being be blown out in this game. So. Yeah, it should. It's been a pretty good basket game. <laughs> <laughs> they score, oh, they haven't scored two points in the last 240. But, uh-oh. Jeez, and no. Jay Crowder fell out of bounds. But he got pushed. He got pushed. Basket weaving. Um, wait, what are we saying? So, <laughs> we're talking about I don't know if doing a time. podcast during a live game was my best idea or not. Uh, I'm going to have to, <laughs> I'll have to reassess after listening to this. I like it. Hey, man, you got to try different <laughs> I stuff. I like it. So, um, so easy. Uh, how do you feel about this jazz season? <laughs> um, I mean, I think I feel about it the same way I felt when I actually paid attention to it. <laughs> that. Uh, e- I'm sorry for Easy Mart, folks. Uh, I will send you his Twitter, and you. He can only send likes games mail. where they kick the ball. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. No, I just. I guess on the outside looking in, I, it's more of a, a an issue I have with the NBA as a cell, like just itself, of 
there needing to be more equality in the way the games are officiated. Oh, gross, dude. Dude, we, no, dude we don't do that in the show, man. They just banked in a three. Eric Gordon. Oh, boy. The, the Rockets jazz have momentum. Eric Gordon. The Jazz have are, are losing momentum in this game, but they're only down two. They're still... It, they're in this, No matter though. what, they're only down two right like, now. Like, did you expect did you expect the Jazz to be blown out, or did you expect them to stay close to this game? I actually had a gut feeling they were going to win this game. Interesting. I did. I, I don't know you, if I got sucked back in by the performance the, in game four. You but are the eternal optimist. I am always an optimist. <laughs> uh, there was I, just I had a feeling that they might win this. I described in uh, I described in game or game one in podcast one that I was the pessimist of the group. So, so yeah, uh, down by you four in halftime with, with losing momentum, which is bad. But that's the thing about halftime is that they come back. That momentum's gone anyway. So, yep. yep. Um, all right. So jazz uh, jazz fans, um, this is uh, just another recap of the season. Thinking that. Whatever happens tonight in this game, or the series, or the rest of the playoffs, maybe maybe the Jazz come back and win in seven and make a miracle run and win the finals. Who knows? Like it's all in the in the air. But maybe maybe I was dead inside because I said this before. I, the Warriors are such an, in such another tier right now that even if the Jazz won this series, I just don't see them getting past the Warriors or anybody getting past the Warriors. And what jazz fans have to acknowledge, even though they don't want to, is the Rockets are pretty close to that tier too, with the with the Warriors now. Pretty close. They're close. They are. They are a few missed threes away from beating them last year. A few? Yes. Yes. <laughs> if they make like four of those, they probably win that game, but, and they probably win that series. Yeah. I just... So, and that's and you're dealing with the same team this year, maybe better. And so, I mean, it, it does suck because, you know, maybe, maybe before the series, it was just, it's just funny to watch the roller coaster. I, I use this term a lot roller coaster of emotions for jazz fans because, you know, that last two days, two nights of the season, a one in two million chance happened of the jazz not getting the, uh, the third, or I'm sorry, the Rockets not getting anything higher than the fourth seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the, in four, Weirdly, things happening, you know, game, four game winners basically, or three game winners and a blown lead. Um, three, two game winners and two blown leads, excuse me. Yes. Uh, and um, the Jazz end up facing the Rockets, which they didn't want. And it's kind of funny though, like, I, I put this like, it's kind of funny that the Portland Trailblazers were trying to actively get down to the four seat to face the Jazz because they didn't want to face the Thunder. And they just beat the Thunder. They, yes, they destroyed the Thunder. I don't. I don't know if I. I, I am a gamesman. I like, if you tell me the Jazz have a chance to game the system or game the standings, I say go for it. I say if the Jazz had a chance in the LA Clippers game to purposely lose and drop down to six, I say it's a smart move for them to do it. Now, but if you're, but when you game the standings, you tell your fans, your players that, hey. We don't know if you can win against Team B. So if you lose this game here, you have a chance not to play them. And Dame Lillard, I don't, I don't know why Dame Lillard agreed to that, really. Like saying, sit down. Cause, yeah, he doesn't seem like the type of player that normally would. Yeah, My I mean, biggest issue with it is, though, is you're, you're giving the fans that paid money an inferior product. Oh, well, you know. That's, and uh, I, you know, <laughs> it. sure, maybe it is a smart move. Maybe it is, but... 
it's it's just a it's a personal problem I have. If you're not putting your best product out there, especially if it's a home game to jazz fans that support you, yeah. Um, some markets are allowed to do that. I just I just find it a little bit. <laughs> I find it a little shady. I don't like it. Yeah. You know, I expect nothing less from Denver because that's just what they do. But <laughs> uh, I want to talk to you. So there are a lot of I, I a lot of petty jazz fans out there who are actively cheering against the Nuggets, who I think before the season, most Jazz fans would not put them as one of the top three or four rivals. Oh, I disagree. Interesting. I disagree. Jazz fans do not like the Nuggets. Interesting. Well, I mean... Uh, yeah. I, I, would say, I would say Lakers, Rockets, Spurs... Oh, I would not put Rockets in the rival. Really? It's too one-sided to be rivalry. Uh, uh, but, like, out of hatred? Like, oh, Yeah, you can hate the team, but, yeah. I mean... So. Think of all... I don't know. I just see the Nuggets I feel, more I feel, as a rival I see, than I do the Rockets. I feel like I'm seeing a lot more hate toward the Nuggets because of what they did near the end of the season more than what happened at the beginning of the season, I guess is what I'm trying to say, but by them gaming the standings. <laughs> and I know that there are teams that are also cheering against the Thunder because the Thunder want to avoid the Rockets too, I guess. And a part of that's fueled by pettiness. And I, the, I, like, I'm pretty happy the Thunder are out, I guess, because um, uh, that team kind of annoys me, and, and I don't know why. Sure. <laughs> uh, but, um, and like, like Laker fans, Laker fans who I don't have a dog in the fight anywhere in the playoffs are actively cheering against the, th- the Thunder as well because they dislike Paul George. And mm-hmm. I don't know, like, is that, is that, how do you feel about fans um, uh, kind of, hopping onto those uh, petty bandwagons. Oh, because. I don't, I don't mind at all. I think, it's a, <laughs> I think it's a part of fandom. I think we all do it. Um, no matter what sport we're cheering on, there's always those teams you don't like to see win whoever it is. And you know, while you have, I, I mean, I'm not exactly sure why you care when you have a team in the playoffs. I think that's where your focus and energy should be. Right. I mean, and that's, that's kind of where you I'm know, at. That's, that's kind of how I feel. I mean, if the Laker fans, if they get some sort of pleasure out of, you know what? Find pleasure wherever you can because there was nothing during that this season that gave you guys pleasure or a, any sort of enjoyment. So, right. If you think that the Thunder losing uh, can bring you happiness, you know what? Go in. It, all, go all in. I remember me, there. I mean, there were the seasons that the Jazz lost. It kind of brought me. I, I don't know yeah. if it brought me happiness because the Thunder lost or because Dame Lillard hit. Easy. You you just barely watched that clip. Give me a play by play of what them, uh, that Damian Lillard shot was. I. I honestly don't think anybody knew what the hell he was doing. And just to to pull up with a jump shot that far out, I think everyone was like, well, that's it. No, 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 no. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the reaction to every time Jay Crowder puts up yeah, a shot, too, it's, for us, it's by like the way. Everyone was just like, what, what the hell is he? Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, hey, if you score 47 points at that point, I... Honestly, you have for, earned the right to shoot any shot you want. For me, I was going, okay, uh, Dame. I, I'm trying to be the head coach here. I'm like, all right, Dame. You have eight seconds left. You're you're 40 feet out. All right, so just you know, take a screen. Maybe, maybe get a little bit closer to that three-point line so you have an easier shot. All right, now, now you have less than five. Now you got to do it a lot quicker. Well, now you have less than three, so now they know you're going to take a three-point shot. What are you going to do now? Oh, step back. Okay. It wasn't really a step back. It was like a sidestep, but still, like, that, that's a cold-blooded shot. Hey. They can't come out and guard you if you're yeah. too far out to come and guard. <laughs> That's just smart basketball. Uh, Matthew, do you know what I, do you know, maybe you'll figure this out. 
you know what I do for pleasure after certain teams lose? What I like to go do? I'm not sure I want to go down this road. <laughs> to be honest, um, uh, I I'm not sure where this is going. Easy, I, I, what kind honest, of podcast is I, this? I thought it was I a thought, family podcast. I thought this was a I guess sports easy jazz Mart, podcast. Easy Mart, I'm a. Uh, Gave me a look like you know, like like easy. We're on we're on audio, man. Like you have to tell the audience with your voice, I, <laughs> with the feelings that you're feeling, not with your looks and your actions. I mean, I was hoping you were going to take it in a different direction. Um, so okay, what I what went, do you um, do to uh, Is it a little GTL? Is yeah. that how you? <laughs> how do you pleasure yourself after the game? I am uh, after the Thunder loss last night. I went to the Thunder subreddit and read the comments. <laughs> The Thunder subreddit was on fire, folks. Their tears sustain you. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, and I, I took a whole bunch of screenshots. And I was going to post them on Twitter today, but I was like, is that bad karma? Do I want to put that out in the universe when the Jazz are playing tonight? Whew, I don't know. And so I did No, but instead well, you texted them to me. I did. Yeah, and you just did right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, so um, we're about to end here, but the Jazz are down four at halftime. Momentum is not on their side, but again, halftime happens. The crowd is getting the quote unquote crowd. Uh, uh, Matthew's wife saw the the audience. And was like, "Where is everybody?" And you know, it's just you know, not 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 every place can be like vivid smart. Home so arena. I was yes, that's one thing you should take pride in, Jazz fans, because I was there for game one and game two. I was there? Seventy five percent of that arena was filled. For, That's for it. a playoff game. For playoff t- when, this Houston team is arguably their best shot at a championship. They couldn't sell out game one of the playoffs. The Texans are not There playing. were so many seats that had those t-shirts on it that were empty. I was Did you shocked. Get that arena, there's no home court advantage there. They, they get excited when they hit a shot, and then it is just dead silent the rest of the time. There is nothing in that arena. Yeah. So jazz fans take a lot of pride in what you did, especially in yeah. game four. I mean, listen, it was impressive. It, go back to the beginning of the clip because I put the Donovan Mitchell highlight um, of the alley-oop and like, you can hear the crowd just go crazy about how loud and how loud it gets. And maybe I'll insert here the Derek favorites clip when he got the offensive rebounds, how the crowd would, uh, Dan Clayton tweeted out how the crowd was dejected and up and then there was a roller coaster of emotions, as mm-hmm. I like to say. So um, yeah, because the Texans aren't playing. The Astros are in the beginning of the They're season. They're on a road trip. We checked. Yeah. <laughs> Just to see. It's like, is there something going on in town? They don't, we have, don't, they don't have what? But it's, it's like that. Yeah. It was like that, you know, talking with Jeremiah, who I work with, who covered the series last year in Houston. Same way. It's yeah. just how they are in Houston. They're only, they are championship robust, and they are at a spot in their franchise where they should be championship robust because if they don't win a championship, the next. You know, maybe not next year, but the year after that, after that, it's going to be pretty tough for them to get pieces to compete. So, right. I mean, we should be proud. The Jazz have an opening. They can pick up maybe not the top free agent in the market, but they can probably get something pretty good, or they can probably get something that's comparable that will make the Jazz better. So yes, uh, they do have a they have an opportunity to get better this offseason. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and just uh, that, that's you know that they have their draft picks. They didn't give them away like um, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars um, <laughs> GM did in draft day. <laughs> well, they were very valuable. Right. All those second-round picks. Uh, if you've, if you've gotten this far, watch draft day with a bunch of Please friends. Please do. Before. <laughs> you and I watch it every year yeah. right before the NFL draft, oh, and it's just a delight. It is the... We love-hate that movie so much. I can believe everything that happens in The Avengers is real, but... Half the stuff that happens in draft day, they ask, they ask too much suspension of disbelief, <laughs> just way too much. 
Well, um, uh, folks, we're going to sign off now. Um, but I think I'm going to keep these guys out. We're going to do some Avengers podcasts or Avengers talk um, uh, because um, I have a couple of adventures in the podcast world. Uh, uh, something called The Geek Gods is going to be out. We're, we, did, we did a Game of Thrones death pool. Um, last couple weeks ago, and that's coming to a head, folks. It's coming soon. The the deaths are coming. I'll tell you that right now. Is it Captain Deathpool? It is Captain Deathpool. And um, uh, then I have a WWE podcast called Who Booked This? Um, uh, I love WWE, so if you want to talk WWE, come and talk with me. And uh, Matthew L., where can they find you on the social medias? They can find me at Matthew L. KSL, and please visit us at KSL Sports. Dot com. It's our new website. We have plenty of sports content, podcasts, and video there. So, so covering gonna, all the local sports here in Utah. I'm an employee. Can I? Can I um, uh, join that? Uh, absolutely, you oh, can. I'm subscribing. I'm subscribing. Then, sweet. Subscribe. Uh, uh, speaking of subscribing, please um, uh, download, subscribe, listen to this podcast, and watch with, uh, Channel Five at six o'clock on Saturdays, ten forty-five on the weekends, what and every night live, at six and ten. What if you don't live in Utah? How can they get the content? They can also download the KSL TV app, which streams um, all live broadcasts, and there is posted. You can go back and watch any of our stories or highlights also on the app. Sometimes I will actually do those highlights. Sometimes. Every now and then, you um, do. Uh, Easy Mart, I'm a producer. Uh, where can they find you on the medias of social? I'm on Facebook. You want them to follow you on Facebook? You're on Instagram. I am on Instagram. <laughs> um, You're easy, also on Snap. Easy Mart 80. 80. Nice. Yeah, 80. Wait. <laughs> Wait. That's, what? that's not nice. It's not 69. <laughs> Uh, I'm Hootran Superman at Twitter. Uh, you can also find me at Jazz High Notes on Twitter for the podcast page. A lot of jazz talk there. Sometimes I'll, I'll throw some Game of Thrones talk, but definitely um, uh, subscribe, uh, listen, tell your friends. If you like it, if you don't like it, shut your mouth. Thanks for listening. <laughs>